Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Usually each week we discuss a chapter from the Harry Potter series, but today we're doing something a little different. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. Today we're doing another bonus episode where we will be reviewing Fantastic Beast and where to find them. Really quick announcements. Um, use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to follow and tweet along. You can also tag and follow us at WeBlackAndNerds on Twitter. Submit to Hogwarts BSU and imagine life as a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out the website for more guidelines. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording our regular Wizard Team episodes, um, and Patroni have access to those videos. At $5 a month, you get the video the Tuesday before the episode, and um, for the $10 a month or more, you get a link to watch us record live. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, baby, go out. Wait, maybe Ami, can Ami read it? Ami, oh yeah, come here. Can you want to do our announcement? Can you read this? No. Can we read it together? Yeah. Okay, you read and then tell me when you can't read anymore. Uh, hi, you want to support us but don't have the funds. The funds? Funds to do so. Or? Or even if you do. Okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. Okay, get out. Okay, I love you. <laughs> Go get your mommy. You're going to the gym. No, she's not Okay, but you can't be in here. Go watch. I like your hair, Army team. Yeah, she's got good hair, right? Hey. Mm-hmm. Go watch Golden Girls. She's like really into that video you sent too. I know. Well, she loves Golden Girls and Family Feud. She's like a little grandma. Yeah, but she also is like, and then the guy's like, he takes his hair off and then he says, amen. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, subscribe to our newsletter. um, Follow us on social media. Black Girls Create. Y'all know the deal. Let's get into this. We don't have news because it's a bonus. Bye, Aminatitou. We... (laughs) Uh, it's a bonus episode, so we don't have news. We'll discuss um, any news that we that comes up um, bef- between this and the new episode. In the new episode. Um, and you'll get those thoughts and feelings. But now we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yeah, and if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll have some news in your inbox. So let's just get into it. Um, so we both recently just saw Fantastic Beasts. I went on Thursday and Bayana went on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we had yep. to, like, hold it together until we got on the mic. <laughs> um, it was very difficult. I actually, it's really funny, but I went with um, a friend of mine who had a pass for, like, the Thursday premiere at this, like, really, you know, those, like, swanky kind of theaters where you have, like, a waitress and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I was planning on going to see it by myself, and then she was, like, she left and she's like, what did you think? And she goes, oh no, don't, no, don't tell me what you thought. I really liked it. And I don't, don't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, I'm in, um, I'm hanging out with Bayana's people and her little sister was like, so you want to go see Fantastic Beast? And then she's like, wait, no, 
I don't know if I want to go see it with you. Like, going to see it with you is like going to see it with Bayana. And, like, I want to, I just want to, like, I want to go and like it, but I don't want to go with all your Potterfield. So, like, I. Yeah, Akira doesn't like going to the movies with me, especially for nerd movies. Yeah. One, because I'm black, so I talk all the time <laughs> and I can't help myself, especially if I'm with my siblings. That's... Like, I went to see, I want to say it was Age of Ultron, and I went to see it by myself first. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was, like, holding in all of my feelings and stuff, and then I went to see it with my brother and sister, like, another time, and they were so irritated at me. They were just like, shut up, Bayana, stop talking. <laughs> and then they would talk right after, so I was like, y'all are hypocrites, but whatever. Um, because they yeah, were saying, so they don't... Like, oh, that was dope, and you were like, well, like, actually... So anyway, the, yeah, so I think it's that, but then also, like, I just talk, it's just... I, I can't help myself. So yeah. she doesn't like going to movies with me. But so it was I get also it. just really funny because I couldn't like deny it. She was like, I was like, oh, I saw it Thursday, but I'll go see it with you again. And she's like, did you like it? I mean, like, was it a good movie? Like, not in the, I don't care about your Potter feelings. Like, I mean, it was, it was really <laughs> funny because like two times in a row, people were like, I mean, just if you could separate like your feelings. <laughs> And like mm-hmm. all of that stuff, and just be objective. Was it a good and just movie? Let me know. Was it and a I'm good like, movie? I don't know if I can separate, but. Yeah. yeah I was talking to one of my coworkers about it actually. Um, when I was at work on Saturday, and I was like really trying to be, like objective, but then also kind of explain my thoughts around it. You know what I mean? I think it's easier too when it's people you don't know as like closely, because then you don't go off because you don't know that it's safe to go off without looking like a weirdo so you're like okay so yeah I think it's easier when it's your family to kind of like just spill your feelings out on them even if they don't feel the same way because you know that they won't judge you and they love you anyway um so yeah I get why she wouldn't want to go see it with you the only nerd movie that I'm allowed to go see with my family is like anything Lord of the Rings, anything Star Wars, but that's because we all are in it. That's, that's like a thing that we do as a family, like with my dad and stuff. So it's less of a... And then my brother, because he reads the comic books for um, Star Wars, gets super like me. But he wouldn't tell. He he's, he always makes fun of me for being in her. But then as soon as we got out of uh, The Force Awakens, he's like, but you didn't know that this, 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 and this happened. And I'm like, okay, Obasi. <laughs> um... um but yeah, okay, okay so, so our actual let's get thoughts. into <laughs> our review thoughts and feelings. I think, like, overall, I would say that it was a good, enjoyable movie until the end. Yeah, I would, I would say that maybe the first, I would say more than three quarters, maybe like yeah. four, fifth, I don't know. Up until, like, the last maybe 20 minutes of the movie, I was really enjoying it, and I was, like, I mean, you know, I had, like, you know, we'll talk about our thoughts or whatever and things that came up, but for the most part, I was, like, oh, this is good. I really, like, I really liked the scenes where Newt was, like, interacting with the beasts. And this is, like, really funny, because I I wrote down, and um, I'm not gonna, you know, but I, I think that everything new, and I feel this way about a lot of the stuff that's been coming out, like, all of the new world Mm -hmm. things were great, and as soon as it started to, like, tie back into the stuff that we know in the original canon story, I was like, ugh. Well, yeah, it felt... Learning about Newt, seeing his interactions with the Beast, seeing someone new come in, there are a few things that, um, and we'll get into it, I guess, as we kind of go through, But there were a few things that I was like, oh, this is a gender bent Lily Snape Mm -hmm. thing. And that that seems 
dumb. Um, and then there were like some of the, like the main, I guess, beast or villain or antagonist of the story, um, I thought was very interesting, but then became extremely problematic um, within the themes that I have been yelling about since our reread, since we first started this mm-hmm. reread of Wizard Team, um, particularly child abuse and how that works and how do you protect children, yeah. um, magical children. So I think, but like the scenes that are, that were completely devoid of, like I really would have just loved for the entire movie to be on its own. Newt and Jacob running around catching these beasts and getting them And back. you know what? I, like it felt like as I was watching it is that like, it felt like, and I don't know how the how the production process went and all that stuff, or how the like the writing went, um, but it felt very much like they had this movie that was a standalone from the Harry Potter, you like from the Harry Potter, not Wizarding World, but from the mm-hmm. Harry Potter like story and plot line. It felt like, um, it felt like they had had that, and that's what the movie was. And then when they decided that they wanted to add Dumbledore and Grindelwald in that war or whatever. Then that's when they came in in. and they started adding all these things where they mentioned Grindelwald and Dumbledore and then they like overhaul the end to make it connect and make it a thing. Um, Which it like you could tell the difference. So it felt kind of sloppy, but only because the like the core of the story um, had really nothing to do with what happened at the end and the climax. Um, And it also felt the most real and true and magical. Um, So it was like a weird kind of thing. Um, which is why, yeah. which is like kind of why the ending was so frustrating for me was because I was like really, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I was just like, this is great. I loved when, um, I don't remember what the creature was called, but when, um, Newt had to go and like capture the one that kind of was like a rhin- rhinoceros, um, the yeah, really big, yeah, it was so cute. <laughs> um, and like the Niffler was my favorite. Um, the Niffler was adorable. adorable and like one of and then I could see so like great. In, in Fantastic Beasts the original text um, and if you go back and listen to our pre Fantastic Beasts bonus episode so the pre, the episode right before mm-hmm. this one um, before that we saw the movie um, in in the original book like Newt lives with his wife like he's retired lives with his wife and there's three Nifflers mm-hmm. and it's like I, yeah those are like adorable pets like and you could see like like, the personality, and, like, and also, I think, like, Newt's, um, like, it was very kind of Hagrid, but in a, like, oh, this is what Hagrid would have been had he, like, graduated Hogwarts, and, like, you know, like, not been, like, that stunted Mm -hmm. adolescent, you know, like, Newt's, um, relationship with those beasts, and it wasn't, and it was, like, very kind of Jane, like a wizarding Jane Goodall. Like, like, was like, and that was it was great. great. It right? made like, me it feel like, like the like when they went into the 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 suitcase, like all those moments, um, were the ones were the moments where I came closest to feeling how I felt like first reading Harry Potter. If that makes sense, like those are the moments where I was like, this yeah. is what this world is about, um, and it's super magical and it's super interesting. Also, I want to say that the special effects were amazing. And every time they apparated somewhere, I was like, this is why I need to learn how to apparate. Yeah. Because that was freaking amazing. And I was just jealous I the know. entire time that I can't do that. I know. The apparition was, the apparition, um, was really great. I think, too, um, the part where 
Tina, like, captures Newt and Jacob and, to, and brings them to Makusa and is like, this is a thing. Um, the emotion that Newt has when he's like, don't harm my mm-hmm. animals, like, don't. Like, we didn't, the, it was quickly kind of, because that's when we get to the, like, tacked on part, yeah. sort of. It was quickly, I didn't have that feeling for very long, but I felt like, like, I got emotional and I was like, yeah, don't, like, you know, like, he's, he's doing something that, like, is kind of the what J.K. Rowling talks about, like the outsider, the person that sees things differently, you know what I mean? And it's like we were kind of talking about with animals in general, and we were like, why do we have to have like this classification of magical creatures or whatever? But that knowledge that he sees their worth and he thinks that they're worth protecting, and he knows that like the broader wizarding world doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, and because we've seen, like, his relationship with these animals and, like, what he goes through, like, why, the reason why he's in America in the first place and, like, all of that stuff, like, I think it was, like, I got really emotional and I was, like, really emotionally, like, invested Mm -hmm. in those beasts and in Newt's relationship with those beasts and, like, making sure that they were going to be okay, um, and so then I think that's what made, like, the rest of it so disappointing, yeah. too. Because it's, like, it was so jarring to be, like, yeah, this is, like, actually what you said it was going to be, which was, like, a broader exploration of this world as a whole and, like, how these, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, and, and like even in those off, moments, like, it picked up on some of the themes that Harry Potter kind of introduced, um, especially the one yeah. that you're just talking about, Um about society and like their value on these like animals right and so that's like a really interesting like commentary without getting too like PETA on us um and like mm-hmm. and it like just kind of like adds on to the ideas of like government and society and all these kind of things um and so then to and then even even the exploration of like Makuza and um like the the um sorry, and, like, the wizarding community in America and how they had to, like, hide and all that kind of stuff. And even with the 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 Salemers or whatever, like, I thought that that was mm-hmm. fine and made sense. Um, it just, I think, yeah, it was just too many things they were trying to do at the same time. It was kind of like, and not as bad, not nearly as bad um, as Batman versus Superman, where there was this storyline that they had but then they were like oh but we also have to set up the flash and we also have to set up justice league and we also have to set up all these other things um and put it all in there so it's not really a batman versus superman movie it's like a prequel to all these other movies that we want you to really see um and then like all this other stuff just jammed into it and it's some trippy visuals so nobody knows what the fuck is going on so it wasn't that bad but it felt like it had elements (laughs) of that where it was like okay how does this connect why is this here? That I don't understand. Um, so yeah, and it was just too, it was interesting. Like we have examples of like you know like Batman versus Superman, and then I would say like a lot of what the MCU has done, like good and bad ways to do this franchise mm-hmm. building, right? Like we've had like successful things that you can see how they did it, um, and how you can like have an undercurrent of a seed of something, and then don't. You don't have to dive too deep into it. It doesn't need to be in your face. Like, hey, this is going to be a thing. Pay attention for later, right. for the next movie. You know what I mean? It's just like, we slipped this in here. Um, so it 
it won't jar you for the next one, you know, and you, how you build off of it. And then you have examples like Batman versus Superman and um, some other trilogies and like The Hobbit and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where it's just like, what are you doing? You're not <laughs> like, what? Why are we here? Right. And um, my thing, and I think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, and I think that what you were saying about how it kind of felt sloppy is like to me it felt really uneven like it felt very like lopsided mm -hmm. and the problem with that is that where it starts to really like crumble for me where it started to like I literally was sitting there like eyes rolled in the back of my head and like slumped and like mm -hmm. you know like just like um is that the last like 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like how you leave the theater exactly. and that's like the last taste in your mouth, you know? And I think that is like the thing where afterwards when I was talking about it or thinking about it for this podcast and um, I was talking to Imani Heron and we actually had like a conversation, mm. like adults, about it was like, you no, know, there were a lot of great things, but you just want to like rage on that last Segment. Right, but that's because that's the part that you leave with, right? Like just, just yeah. memory. Like you'll you won't remember that bad like how bad a movie started if it ended amazingly, and that's what you like. That's what you leave with. Um, because yeah. I literally was like, "This is lit." You know what I mean? I was like, "This is really mm -hmm. interesting." I'm super into this. This is tight. And then I was like, "What the fuck did they just do?" I literally I had to like stop myself because I was by myself in the theater and I needed to <laughs> chill. Um. And I was just like, I was just like, what the, f I was just like, what the fuck? Or like, why are you doing this? Um, but I like, I, like I, said, I, I whispered it to myself so that I didn't disturb yeah. other, whatever. We're at the swanky theater and like the lady comes by, we have like fresh baked cookies and like all this like cocktails. And I like slumped back and I was like, oh, and I had to like. Be like, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I kept leaning over to her, and I was like, no, 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 I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, if I had been with need... someone, if I had been with, like, Akira, for example, she would have been pissed at me. <laughs> she would have got up and went to sit somewhere else by herself, because I would have been talking the whole time. I already know. I can't help myself. Yeah. Like, I are, especially I at that part, I would have been. Um... There were certain things where I was like, that's not how that works, and we'll, we can get to it, like, the the dueling part, mm. um, and which was really funny because Amani kind of talked me down from that. Um, and I, uh, had a really quippy line that I'm going to reuse and act like it's original. Um, I mean, it's original. I thought of it, but like I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again and you guys are going to laugh. You're not going to know. Um, <laughs> okay. Ruin that whole thing. But anyway, so like there, there were those, those parts, um, I don't know, do we want to, like, just start with, like, just listing off, like, I mean, we've kind of talked about, like, what we liked, but, like, the the highlight things, like, your favorite. Yeah, um, I do want to shout out those, the way that the movie opened, actually, just because I was talking about the opening, I just, I checked my I notes and I just realized that, that it actually worked. So the way the movie opened, I really loved, like, the newspapers and, like, Mina Lima, their designs are lit and, like, that shit was amazing. Um, and so the way that it opened, I thought was a really good way of setting the tone. And so it was like, it was basically all of the Potter Moore shit that we've been getting, but like succinct mm -hmm. and in a way that like, it's really all you need to know to watch the movie. Um, 
which that's another conversation but um i thought that the I design like the way it looked and then also the information that it gave us beforehand um yeah was really like i liked the way that it set the stage um because they even brought in the beasts and like how those are a problem and then also the how american wizards are like in hiding and then also the salemers and then also grindelwald um but yeah so they kind of like set it sets the stage so i thought that was really cool um, I also wanted to, I thought of you immediately because it does open with Hedwig's theme, but then it does change. It does, yeah. Um, and, I, and I remember you being like, if it would have like did like a little bit of Hedwig's theme and then like, and you're like, okay, see what you did there. And it was really funny because like they did that. They just didn't do that in any of the marketing. Mm-hmm. So like when it did open, I, I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like I had every single time it opens with Hedwig's theme. And then when it did change, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, but you just did it wrong. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, okay. So you're, I thought of you immediately. So your uh, favorite part. So I think my favorite part, um, I really loved the bank scene, mm-hmm. like that opening scene kind of where he's walking by and he sees the second Salemers and we kind of meet Tina and we meet Jacob and then, you know, we have that. Like, we get, like, a lot of stuff happening, plus, like, the Nifflers being adorable. Um, I really liked that. I felt like it was a good introduction to the main characters that we were going to see before we meet Queenie, obviously, Mm -hmm. but also um, a good introduction to kind of how, how new kind of goes about the world like it felt very it was like super irresponsible in a way the way that he like just whips out his wand yeah oh my god and like takes jacob with i him. was sitting there like, like dude like he really just was like just okay well now we're gonna apparate okay now i'm taking my wand yeah. out accio like dude you do realize you're like even if you were in like you were in a Public one place. and that's what i'm saying like even if you were in britain they're not just letting you walk whip your wound out everywhere and just like like that's yeah. a violation anywhere what do you do i was just like hold up like, but you could see though like and i think the thing that was interesting with for that for me with that was like oh so he just goes about and does what he wants and then tries to clean it up afterwards because he was going to obliviate jacob Right. But it was like, it did, you didn't need to, he didn't need to. <laughs> he really didn't need to come, like, at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, he really didn't need to. But it to. was like, okay, this he is just... the most convenient thing for me. Like, I don't have time for you because my Niffler is still on the loose. Just, you come on with me. Like, I'm not going to explain anything because I'm about to obliviate you in a minute anyway. Yeah. But just, like, it was kind of like you do with, like, a pet or, like, Aminata. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we got, like, scoop her up. Mm-hmm. Even while she's asking all these questions. It's like, okay, I'll, we'll explain all this afterwards. But, like... Yeah. Just, you know, hang out on my back for a second while I figure all this <laughs> out. Um, I really liked that. It was, like, playful, but it was also, like, bruh, you are a problem. Yeah. You were in a I was, like, I completely understand why they're after you because you just, like, before you even let it them was, loose. It was Arthur Weasley in the Dursley's house. Right? Like, let me just blow up your, your finger <laughs> real quick. I'll clean yeah. it up. Yeah, and then, then I'm going to leave. Just, this is easier. Like, yo. <laughs> That was, yeah, I was really sitting there like, dude, what are you doing? Because I was appalled. I was like, I'm, I'm like fully in the, you know, the British wizard, like all of us are fully in the British wizarding world. Like we've read the American stuff, but like, even just without that context, I was there like, dude, you are like just flouting the statute of secrecy. Like you don't give a fuck. 
I completely understand why they're after you at this point. Um, yeah, I was like, yeah. dang. Um, so I, I really did like that because I liked, like, also because it gave us this good introduction to Tina and her, like, like, I'm not supposed to be here, but I feel pulled to this thing, but also, like, the sense of, like, obey, like obeying the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone, I, I don't remember what I was reading or whatever, but there was, like, this kind of breakdown of the trio and um, how it, it was a wizard team thing, and they were talking about how, like, Hermione is lawful oh, that was Casey. and good or something. It was Casey, yeah. And, like, um, kind of going through, like, you know, how does then when Hermione becomes unlawful but still good, you know, and it kind of reminded me of that because I was like, okay, so Tina is lawful and good. Um, and Newt is way over here and he's good, but he don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do you... Um, and so, like, how does Tina battle with dealing with kind of um, government bureaucracy and hierarchy and having, like, been demoted or whatever, but also seeing this, like, rampant illegal behavior in such a blatant way, like, her, like, she's like, but that is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like, her instincts are just like, we got to get this dude off the street. (laughs) He's about to, like, blow our entire spot up. Who is this man? Um, Plus, you got to see the second Salemers. Um, so I think it was a really good, like, setup. Um, yeah, so that was, I think, my favorite part. And then, of course, the, uh, the Central Park Zoo scene where they have the, they're trying to get, um, the rhinoceros thing mm-hmm. back in the case. Yeah, I mean, I also, I like all of the kind of, the other thing that I thought was cool is that, like, the inner, the parts with, like, the beast when they're actually, like, running around New York our action without being like swans and like sparks and and explosions like even just when he was going to get the niffler um and they're like hanging on the chandelier and it is a little like slapsticky but it's still funny uh i think i think like if it's done well then it's funny and it's not corny so i thought it was i thought it was funny um, yeah, I think slapstick comedy definitely has its place. And then when he, like, um, and then when, like, the cops balance. are there, and then there's a lion, like, <laughs> like, oh, shit. So I Which thought... is actually really funny, because I was talking to someone, um, the next day, and they were talking about Madagascar, mm-hmm. with, like, going to see Madagascar with their kids, oh, and, like, yeah. their kids going to the Central Park Zoo and being like, where's the lion? And he was like, there are no lions in Central Park Zoo. <gasps> and I was like... Well, in fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> There's a line. Well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And like having them like hanging on the chandelier and Jacob from the outside being like, what are y'all? Yeah. Like, and like the, the random, the dude who just like walked by but didn't like even look. Like there was a crash and bro just kept walking across the street. I was like, that would have been me. I would have been like, dang, I got shit to do with me. I'm going to just stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. And that also felt kind of very New York, where it's like, head down, like, just look in front mm-hmm. of you. Like, you don't have time to take on other people's ish. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, so I think the, the, that was definitely, another thing I think with the Beast was, and this is more about, like, kind of Jacob as well, um, was after the very Hoovian come on moment, mm-hmm. and he goes into the case, how quickly he just feels, like, he's still in awe and stuff, but he just starts, like, helping and taking care of them and, like, is asking questions, but is very, like, 
oh, these are, oh, he's cute. You know, like, just like any other kind of like going to the, like a petting view or like right. worrying about something. And new. he's exact, he's the exact opposite of what the witches and wizards expect of muggles yeah. who find out about magic. Like they expect them to just, and, and, and honestly, I don't really blame them. <laughs> like, yeah. like so, yeah. I mean, it's from experience, but also like you really don't know, and especially when, if it's like a group and it's like a mob mentality, like if they had just let like a whole ass group, like for example, at the end, all of um, the muggles see all this stuff, then maybe in that moment, okay. because they're all collectively afraid and collectively like confused, then that can like turn into anger and like a mob and violence. Versus if it's just one person, generally they'd be like, like you know, confused, but it's easier to manage um, and could easily turn into curiosity. Um, yeah. So I think that like, and also just Jacob was like a good dude, so. Um, yeah. Well, and also like, when you think about it, like his first interaction with Newt, he gets apparated. Right. So he's like, well, at least I'm not, you know, like at least we're like pulled through a tube, <laughs> suffocated, <laughs> you know? and then I'm in a different place. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, okay, well, yeah, this is much more like my speed. Yeah, I, I, I did. I really like that. Um, so what were some of like, I mean, I guess, so going from that and like the the stuff that made us really happy and um, like some of the things that started to question or like get your critical eye. Um, you know, so I had one thing um, was Queenie as the Legilimens. Um, I didn't have yeah. a problem with it. I just think the execution was a little bit strange because from what we understand of Legilimency. Um, both in the books and the movie, or like the original movies, um, is that it's not really mind reading. Um, like it's like you look into someone's mind and you take what you want from it or whatever. Um, but it's like a very difficult practice. And the way that it, and it's like a, you know what I mean? Like there, and I don't know that you necessarily have to say like legilimens every time you want to like look mm -hmm. into someone's mind. I don't think that's the case. Um, but the way that it was kind of portrayed was that Queenie, Queenie was basically portrayed as a mind reader. And so she was just like in people's minds, like she couldn't help it. And it was just there versus like the, like versus, um, it being her like actually prying into their minds because what I like kind of un understood legitimacy is, is like a very deliberate practice of like going into yeah. someone's mind to find something versus just like getting all of their thoughts um, yeah. so that part was and kind of strange to me just in terms of how it was portrayed. And I, I kind of think, um, as you're saying that, I think maybe it's, it's a matter, it's a factor of them being so isolated. So it's just Queenie and Tina in there. And so she has like kind of in that apartment blanket permission. Mm -hmm. I'm I like, I, I kind of imagine them kind of walking around in silence and Tina's just used to her being in. You know what I mean, like, right? Um, and it's a it's a way because like at one the part where we meet her and she uses magic to put on her clothes and I got very like Molly Weasley was like just because you can right doesn't mean you can whip your wand out for <laughs> like, everything out for everything right <laughs> like put your put your dress on like you're taking too long this is taking longer than it would be to just pull up you know mm -hmm. so I feel like and I think one of the things I I got from that or one of the ways I justified that I guess is that because they're so underground that like these are like safe spaces and they like kind of really luxuriate in, in the use of magic and like kind of overdo it because there isn't a lot of 
or we didn't see it. There isn't like a Diagon Alley or right. a, you know what I mean? Like a place where they are just safe to be who they are besides like Makusa, which like, okay, but you're at work mm-hmm. and then over morning, like they're in the streets of New York. Um, and then they have like the scene in the, like the speakeasy, but even then they were like the singer, um, it's like using magic, which I was like, that's, if you're in a magical speakeasy, like your, your sparks or whatever, like that's cute or whatever, but that's not impressive. Right. <laughs> As opposed to like, if you were doing that, like, um, for muggles, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? But it's like everyone in there could do that. Like that is like a parlor trick. But I, and so I think the way that I was kind of thinking about it was because they're so rep- repressed, that they in these spaces just kind of have lost um, like the niceties of like the use of magic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that that could be the case. Um, yeah, I'm willing to. Again, it's like something that we I, it's a you get you into it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, and it's you know, obviously, it's not a huge thing, and it didn't really pull me out of the story. Um, it was yeah. just a thing where I was just like, wait a second. Um, another thing that I had question, and this is more like a little Easter egg that they're obviously gonna, um, like, continue, um, was, I guess, I think her name was Lita. At one point I thought it said Anita, and then I heard Lita. Lestrange. Um, so that's, we find out who Zoe Kravitz's character is, um, and she's a Lestrange. Um, which is... It's annoying to me. Why? I think because of the Grindelwald, I think it wouldn't have been annoying in the original um, scope of the, what what I'm starting to think as in the original scope of the movie mm-hmm. and then what it's turned into, whether or not it was always supposed to be this thing. Right. Regardless, that's not how I think about it. I think without the Grindelwald Dumbledore stuff that we know is coming, it would have been fine. But it was like, okay, so she has, like, we know that there are five people in Britain. Or, like, no, I I think, like, there's five actors in Britain, but there's more than, like, five families. Right. Like, he has to fall in love with Lestrange. And, like, the Lestranges are not Bellatrix. Bellatrix is not a (laughs) Lestrange. Like, she married into Mm -hmm. them, right? So, like, she's not. um, Like, they're one of the, the, what's it called, Sacred 28 or whatever. Yeah. Um, But... And, like, maybe she was a Slytherin. That'd be cool, too. Hufflepuff and Slytherin relationships are cool. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just not... I mean, and obviously, we don't really know anything about it other than her name. Um, but it does seem like it might end up being that she's pitted against... Like, they're pitted against each other because she believes in what Grindelwald's in the greater good or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's where... And this is the part where I was saying it was, like, a gender-bent Lily Snape mm-hmm. thing. And as soon as they... As soon as they revealed her last name was Lestrange, um, and I, yeah, I think it's Lita, um, I was just like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a retread. Because, I mean, it would have been nice if she was a Lestrange and she was, like, good or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, too, it, it, by that point, um, and that my... my this rant is about to be a long one, so I don't want to get into it right now. But by that point, too, just um, having it be Zoe Kravitz and that and her ethnicity and stuff 
was very annoying to me as well. The the newspaper and the senator part was another mm-hmm. thing that I didn't really get. Um, yeah. And I think that it kind of connects to the whole, like, there was just a lot of pieces in this movie. Um, and I don't really think that... But other than... Uh, the only thing I could think of that would make it make sense is when the Obscurus attacks the senator and, like, kills the senator. Um, and then you mm-hmm. go back to the first interaction that... Um, you know, this is a spoiler heavy podcast. Y'all shouldn't be listening to this if you haven't seen the movie. Um, so when Credence um, and, like, the other Salemers come, go into the newspaper place to, like, you know, tell them about witches and wizards or whatever, and then the senator calls dude a freak, and then, you know, a couple days later he's dead. Like, that's the only really thing thing I could think of to make that, like, connects it. But other than that, and then, like, the, the other, the brother or whatever possibly starting to believe in witches and wizards, like, it didn't really do anything for me other than the fact that like yeah, I think that that was the whole point was like this powerful family and then the senator went out of his way to like bully credence I guess mm-hmm. I think that was like the whole point of it it's like okay one of and then we get the graves uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler heavy podcast mm-hmm. we get graves like doing what and this is actually like a really funny not funny haha but like interesting um side note is that when i when we were i was in a panel thing about headcanons and like your favorite mm-hmm. headcanons and whatever and someone was talking about how voldemort um could have maybe seduced professor slughorn and like used that like seduction type of thing to get the information he needed about horcruxes and like whether or not voldemort was gay or bisexual or whatever he was like emotionally manipulative Mm -hmm. um at that point and so that like spurred on this conversation about um the Dumbledore Grindelwald relationship which we'll get more into um but how we don't we don't really know if Dumbledore's love of Grindelwald was like one-sided or you know whatever but there was this weird thing between Graves and Credence Dude, I was watching, like, like, why is he so, like, this is weird. Because it was, like, you could tell he wanted something from him. um, But it was just the way he was, like, being super, like, strangely intimate. And, like, not in a way where it seemed healthy at all. (laughs) It was just really, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. It didn't... It was, like, he wants something from him and he's, like, using him in a way. But, like, the intimacy felt malicious Mm -hmm. and... And at Um, first I was like, is this his dad and he doesn't know it? Um, Is this, like... But it didn't... To me, like, it didn't feel even... Like, and that's what I thought was weird was, like, it felt like... Are you trying to put on, like, what you think, like, parental love and protection looks like right. this ain't it exactly like, it was weird um, it was very weird and so I think having that like that relationship with Credence and like how he was so like he was beaten at home and then he was like pressured and manipulated like at one point he like slapped him um and then, like, rubbed his face again, and yeah. it was, like, like, perpetrating this, like, continuing to, like, abuse him in a, in a manner. I don't know. It was weird. And so I think 
it was like the whole thing with the senator and credence and stuff it was going to show like how he was at the center of these things and i think that it was kind of like supposed to confuse you right because we were supposed to think it was that little girl yeah i did think um, it was her way. to be honest i was still right. trying to to me i thought that they did that well because i was i did yeah. think it was the girl but i also was like what the fuck is up with credence and why is he so yeah. like extra like i it was like both where i was like i still felt like there was a mystery with credence um, but I didn't think that he was really, like, the end game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did, too, but I also felt like... Also, like, her little fairy tale, fairy songs, or whatever they're fuck. called, those were fucked <laughs> up. I was like, damn. Like, it makes you do, like, the Rockabye Baby in the treetop, and mm-hmm. that seems... I mean, like, yeah, they're all terrible. Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but, like, those were, like... Mm-hmm. I was like... They were like, oh, their hearts beat um, no more. That's what that's, those <laughs> songs. <laughs> that's what that, that was what was happening. But yeah, it, it felt um, like, sorry to get back to that. Like, it felt like we would see Credence in like certain way and then something would happen. And then like, we would see Credence meet up with Grindelwald. So it was supposed to kind of confuse a little mm-hmm. bit. And I, and that was like in that moment when the, um, after the meeting in the newspaper and then the senator dies, I was, like, very much like, oh, it's the little girl. And Credence mm-hmm. knows it but isn't willing to tell. accept yeah. it or doesn't want to, like, sell her out or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not willing to tell yet. Um, and then the wand, which I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, he probably planted it on her. Remember? Because he found a wand under did? her bed. Credence found a wand under the girl's bed. It was yeah, right. Yeah, but who's they? Huh? Graves? No, no, no. I'm saying I think maybe Credence, like, Frank tried to frame her and then it didn't work or something. I wasn't really oh, clear okay. about that. Um, oh, so he was trying to blame her or make it seem like it was her yeah. because he was under a lot of pressure to, like, find the obscurus. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Um, I'm not 100% sure, though. So that whole obscurus thing um, was really problematic to me. And, like, I, we were, I was talking to Amani and it was like, so is that kind of what happened to Ariana mm-hmm. Dumbledore? That was what I was going to say. I think, yes, right? But, like, you make this whole new thing that we're, is not talked about, but, like, obviously exists. And then, like, even in the 20s, they're like, oh, they don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. but you know that they come from unregulated magic. Mm-hmm. But there's still no... And that, so the thing that, like, kept bothering me was, like, so... And this is even when I still thought it was the little girl and not Credence. Like, so there is a magical person and you don't know who she is and she has, she's in an abusive place. Like, obviously, then that is a very legitimate, like, consequence to that. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have no systems in place. That, exactly. And that was my thing is like, how do you know for sure that there are none if you don't, first of all, y'all are pretty repressive in terms of like your rules. Um, and yeah. then you know that there are these people who like, if they were to find like how you know like how against um witches and wizards um you know that they're super against witches and wizards so what happens if one of them ends up actually being one how would that work um yeah and then i'm just thinking of like do, does Ilvermorny have a system for figuring out who's magical because you know we talk about the it's the book of acceptance and the quill of something um on pottermore mm-hmm. um you can find it but it's the system in which um the British wizarding world like finds magical children. Um, so, yeah. so if you, if a child like exhibits some sort of like 
big thing of magic before the age of 11 they get written down in this book and then when they turn 11 they get an they get an invitation to come to hogwarts like does the american wizarding world not have something like that like how do they how are they so like repressive and so secretive that they then like miss these people um it yeah it was just it was weird um i will also point out that the fact that it's oh sorry i just want to point out also the fact that it's called obscurus also um kind of continues to reinforce the whole like dark versus light like this is like a dark force and like blackness is all i have a thing about that so though. much fun it's gonna make you happy yay um, thing that saying. um connotations we'll are there. awesome yeah but i have a thing about i, I flipped it on its head it's gonna make you happy okay. just, let's get there um, <laughs> but no the other thing is like that part where um Grave says, you're a squib, Credence, I could feel, I, I knew it from, like, you have some magic in you, but you don't, there's not enough, you know, mm-hmm. which is because he's an obscurious, so I guess he's, like, holding it in so much, and then it blows up, mm-hmm. and, but then when he's, like, under control, he has, like, enough control over that, so that he, he reads as a squib, so other, and I think she, J.K. Rowling said in a tweet, so it's obvious, it's a tweet, so, you know, how much thought that you put into mm-hmm. it but that in that very problematic wizards knew about each other and they know about each other <laughs> um or whatever so like you can sense another wizard like you can kind of spot it out mm-hmm. um which i always took to be like legilimens or whatever like you can you know that they're like magical people because like the star signs or you know like certain mm-hmm. things like you see magic happening in these places um but what when Graves says calls um, Credence a squib, I'm like, oh, so can you like kind of sense it on them? Like, there are telltale like signs, like you know, like when there's someone who is like mixed race or whatever. But like, just this is gonna this is so bad. But like when it, like they they present as whatever, but then the person who matches is like, oh no, you're Korean, not Chinese, or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like you can tell those things, or it's like someone is mixed, and you're like, oh, you have black in you, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to say that correctly, but like, you can be spotted by your own kind. I mean, I wonder through... if it's a magical thing where like you can just sense it, like not exactly, and does, like, not necessarily like uh, and maybe it's not like a super strong thing. It's just like you know when you're around magical yeah, people and which when you're is... not. But then also, yeah, which is why he thinks that Credence has like is a squib because mm-hmm. he can feel something, but he, from all appearances and how he behaves, he doesn't have any like forceful magic. But Credence is well above the age where he should have been written down into Overmorning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the whole thing. They're like so, he's older, um, yeah, and even then, like most obscure, obscure. So usually, pull um, themselves out. Yeah, right, is what. And then one of my other questions is how do these Salemers find these children? And like, how did Credence even end up in that situation um, where he's yeah. a squib and not like a muggle born? Cause those are two different things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so clearly he wasn't born into that society. And then well, how they does kind of say in like a weird throwaway line or something that she takes the children from like people that she assumes are witches and wizards. Hmm. 
So like your mother was a witch or whatever. She kind of says that in like a really weird way. And she's like, I saved you, but I'm not your mother, whatever Mm -hmm. she was doing. So there's this weird line. It doesn't really answer like that question fully, but that is kind of how I took it. Like she adopts him from suspected witches and wizards Mm -hmm. that they have harmed in some way, possibly killed. Um, But yeah, so the the idea, though, that you can have these children and, like, you know that this is a consequence of not caring for children, like, in a proper way or not giving them a proper entry into the wizarding world. And we see this with, like, in our world, and I think this is, like, was possibly done on purpose, right? Like, you have these, like, for example, LGBTQ children, suicide and, and running away and homelessness are, like, way above the average, but we know that that's happening, and in response, we, like, society has, especially, like, older LGBTQ people, have started to build up these systems and social safety nets, like the Trevor Project, and, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and they know that it's an issue, and they're trying, like, whether or not, like, they haven't, by any means, like, been able to completely erase the problem, but there are ways in which people are working to get children out of that situation as soon as possible and also to heal them. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. And, and to me, it felt like, especially with how Serafina ends up dealing with Credence, like they were, they punished him for something he had no control over and that they mm-hmm. didn't save him from. And like with, and Newt was saying like, don't hurt him. I mean, Newt, and Graves and Tina were like, no, don't, like, you know, we can talk to him. So there has to be a way that, like, you can get him away from that toxic environment and, like, hopefully get him to a place where he's able to control the magic because he told Graves, like, you said that you were going to help me, you said that you were going to teach me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he does want that. So I think that that was, like, very problematic to me um, and I don't know if they're ever going to like talk about it because they never really went into it in Harry Potter in a way that was satisfying to me, you know, cause I was saying right. like you, Ariana happened and yet they still allow Harry and countless other children to like stay in these abusive situations. Abusive places. Know... Exactly. Yeah. And Ariana so, was in an all magical like household. So then how did you expect these kids who were in muggle households where people don't understand or they're in a situation like the Dursleys, like Harry could have easily turned that in on himself. Yeah. Um, and like he didn't, more but amazing, by the way, but yeah, so it just, it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know. And I think also just like it, talking about the ending when they, like when Serafina gave the order to destroy Credence, um, also is just, like, another kind of look into, like, you know, like, incompetency of government or, like, not really incompetency, but just, like, they have a set of rules. doing kind of what's right. Yeah. It was Um, definitely more, like, he exposed them or, like, did this whole thing, and so now we got to get rid of him. But it's, mm -hmm. like, why did he expose you? Right, not um, ever getting to the root of it. It's just yeah, like, and was it his fault? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't his fault. It was your fault. You're the reason. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're like no one saved him, and like 
Right. And then he became like, he was abused. We have this predator looking, going out, going after him so that they can get what they want from him. Yeah. And y'all are just like, we can't be seen by muggles and we're, yeah. So And then she like gives this speech of very much like victim blaming. Like we, I gave the order. He did this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but he didn't. The whole like idea of an obscure is like they have no control. Right. You know? So, and like he was older, so he was getting he had a little bit of control. Like that was the whole like it was yeah. clear he was much more powerful, and I think it's probably because he was older and he was able to control it to an extent. Um Yeah, yeah but also it's not his fault. No one saved him. Mm-mm. He was he was older, but he wasn't an adult. And even if, if he was an adult, he was so abused and had no rec- recourse. And that's the thing about, like, the American system that we're, they're at some point going to have to grapple with. And I think it'll either be the fandom that does a good job of doing it and fanfic and things like that. Or hopefully J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers does tackle it. It's like, how do you have the system right and allow like as if obscure are gonna like become a big part of this unfolding story which maybe not um i mean i don't i don't know it might but i think it it seems like it's a one-off in terms of like i think it's a one-off but i do think it connects to ariana dumbledore um yeah on that like conversation and what happened to her because even in the books it's very vague like aberforth doesn't ever say explicitly what happened to her and like you kind of read it that it's like too painful for him to talk about um but like I think when Dumbledore faces Grindelwald that will be a thing on his mind and so I think that the Obscurus was kind of a way now I think about it and like I still think it was a little sloppy but I think it was a way to connect the Fantastic Beasts right to the Obscurus to a thing in Dumbledore's past, which will then influence how Dumbledore interacts with Grindelwald in the future. So it's kind yes. of a little, like, thing, because the Obscurus is technically a fantastic beast, even though it's not really. Um, it's not, yeah. But... And, and Newt says that, like, it's not a beast. And, right. Like, he tries to... And I think that's where he comes in with the, like, no, like, this is what it is and this is what it isn't. And also, like, trying... Like, he said, like, he... The Obscura that he had... Um, capture or whatever was like he was trying to figure out a way to like save that little girl Mm -hmm. and separate um so i think the thing though is that like they're gonna have to like grapple with it beyond okay so this is what happened to ariana like how this huge destruction can happen in um new york 20 years before what happened to ariana no what happened ariana was 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 when they were teenagers so that was like maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. Hmm? I said what happened oh, to Ariana yeah. so doesn't happen. Or, it happened yeah, already. It's already happened. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I think that there, you, but you still have to kind of grapple with. Just having support systems so that those, act, they actually don't exist anymore as opposed to just saying they don't exist. They don't exist. Exactly. Like it's just this weird like well why would they not exist anymore people are still terrible and people are still Mm -hmm. humans and you still have no good way of like recognizing someone's magical powers until they're a certain age um well it's not really until they're a certain age at least in britain that's the other thing who knows what the ilvermorny like 
system is. is. Um, Because for in Britain, it's not age. It's just like when the big magical thing happened. So like with Neville, um, there were like moments where he could have been, but then they were like, it's not big enough. So then they thought he was a squib until he like bounced on the thing. And then the book was like, oh no, yeah, he's definitely a wizard. So it wasn't really, yeah. But I'm saying a certain age because I'm thinking like, okay, at 11, by 11, you haven't had a big enough thing, you're a squib. You're not going to... Mm-hmm. Hogwarts, right? So, like, by a certain age, you have to have shown um, this power, whatever that threshold of power is. How do you do that in America? How do you do that in other countries? But also, once you know, like, it's the, it's the thing that I have had with Harry, with Voldemort the whole time. Like, once you know that there is a person of certain power, um, they're, and they don't live in a magical household like their environment can very drastically change their magic and so Mm -hmm. how do you just leave that up like leave that up to chance especially in a world with the international statute of secrecy you know like i i can't i told ami not to not to come in here and we saw how that worked Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you can't just tell a kid like don't do this thing or they don't have any control. So um, it's interesting. Um, so I want to get into Serafina because we kind of talked about it. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go to like the biggest problem of all problems, Johnny Depp. But there is this, so we kind of talked about this in our bonus episode with Mark Oshiro, um, Harry Potter and the fandom in which he talks about queer baiting. And we see it a little bit too with this Grindelwald, Credence, Grindelwald, Dumbledore thing. It's good. And I think, um, I, I actually, I know because Bayana, being who Bayana is, put a bunch of um, resources in our agenda. And at a certain point, J.K. Rowling says, like, watch out for this space because she's going to want to, like, explore homosexuality in Dumbledore and in Grindelwald and their relationship. So they're in that, there's this, like, idea of queer baiting, which is when content creators and movies and television shows kind of give you this lead up to a queer relationship without actually going the whole way or, or making them straight, but, like, putting in all of these, like, moments of will they or are they, are they not type of, like, thing. And I think Serafina is this weird identity baiting. <laughs> it's what I've, t- I've deemed it because race baiting is a whole different term this weird identity baiting of we're gonna do all of this marketing around her and show this like strong black woman and like she's from savannah georgia and we're gonna do all of this stuff around seraphina and let you and let our people our our fans of color get so excited about this potential moment of like representation and then we're going to write her white and Mm -hmm. unrealistic and just not deal with the, like, we're going to let you celebrate her identity where as, as long as it helps our marketing and you buy her wand and you build up this affinity towards Serafina, because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Serafina immediately made me very excited. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, my background on Twitter, like, I just would randomly bust out in Serafina Pickery, like, Hercules Mulligan style, screaming her name, like... She clicked something in me immediately without knowing anything else but seeing her face and hearing who they cast as her. Um, 
that got me excited. And then in the movie, there was no recognition of her identity. And it wasn't even like, oh, they didn't center her blackness. They ignored it to the point where it was unbelievable. Um, And not just her blackness, her womanhood. Like, she's standing there when we first meet her, for real, in a, like, a zoot suit in the 20s. And, like, it's barking orders to these men, and there's no, like, acknowledgement of the fact that she's a woman in pants barking orders at people. And there's no, beyond the fact that she's a black woman, like, she's a woman in pants. Right, like, I mean. Like, she's walking around in pants, too. And, like, that was a thing that started to happen at that time, but it was a political statement the same way that, like, women wearing their afros in the 70s was, like, a statement. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was hurtful. Like, I'm not even going to say, like, it, like, yeah, it made me very upset, but it was also very hurtful because, um, you know, like, Bayana wrote that about how lazy writing can recreate oppression. It was, it very much fell into that, but it also fell into the, like, I don't have to do any work. And I'm going to ride your feelings and then not acknowledge her at all. And so it was both gaslighting because it's saying like, oh, in the 20s, there was no way that this would have even been a thing when you're like the reality and the sanity and the perception of what was happening in that time period. Like that's reality. Like, so what's going to, and also like, what's going to last longer? Your, your stupid movie or like the not like people's, remembering of history books you know what I mean like mm-hmm. in terms of like what's going to have a bigger cultural standpoint like in 20 or 30 years if someone goes back and looks at these movies where there are these women walking around with t-shirt like with pants on and not hearing anything and there are these black women barking orders and not getting any pushback like people are gonna that's how that's why people don't believe that slaves built the white house now like that is why we have to have those arguments on twitter now because you you can't just ignore that stuff. Like, it's important. And it's an important part of who she is. It's an important part of her identity. And to, like, not make a point, to, to just erase that, it's, like, it's gaslighting and erasure all in one, and it pissed me off, and it made me really upset. Yeah, and I, I mean... I am so obviously very upset. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think you should be. Like, I think that... I don't know, this movie was very much, it felt to me, is like, they're people of color and they're like, basically just the seasoning on this white-ass story because they were just like, this movie was white as fuck. And I saw something on Twitter and now I just can't remember where I saw it, but um, someone was talking about how like, New York at the time was very segregated and like, sure, it made sense that there weren't hella black people in the area because they, you know, weren't really in the same places, which I think is fine if the story wasn't um, one in the Wizarding World. And, like, we've talked about how we don't totally buy the whole, like, wizards and witches respected each other regardless of um, race or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing is is that if you're going to say that, then your Wizarding World should be, like, ridiculously diverse, not a bunch of white people with a bunch of, like, ambiguously racial... of like people of color and then you shouldn't um and then if you are gonna go the route of it was segregated at the time like then Seraphina Pickery wouldn't be where she is 
you should mention, you know, that there's like this whole other like black American um, wizarding community that like maybe y'all still go to Ilvermorn together, but like in New York, they're up in Harlem or whatever. They're like not in the same place. Cool. But it just needs to be acknowledged. And I feel like the problem was that it, it was very much like just colorblind casting and like, it's great. We have this black person. She can be the head of, she can be the president of Macusa. And this is awesome. Isn't it? You guys like y'all should love her. Um, and she's like super badass, but we don't actually get to see that. And I don't think that my issue was so much with like her characterization because like she is a politician. I thought all like the parts that she was in, um, made sense for like who her character was. So I'm not even mad about like the amount that she showed up. I'm more just mad about the way that she showed up and then the way that like just the representation of people of color in the movie kind of were like absent in a way that was uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And then we get the um, executioner who... Yeah. Off, that was some straight up mammy ass shit, yo. Why were... And the, the other white executioner too. Like, why were they smiling? Like, I was That was like, weird. I thought that was really creepy and I actually liked that really scene. Creepy, like the whole, like the death memory thing. I thought that, yeah. that was actually... It was like a death pensive. And I thought that yeah. was tight. Um, but I also thought that that was really weird. Like, there was no explanation of it. And I was like, this is a whole new type of magic, a whole new type of, like, way to die. Mm-hmm. Right? Because she took her memories, put them in the pensive thing, and then Tina was like, oh, this is lovely, and was, like, you know, ready to jump in mm-hmm. and go swimming or whatever. Um, and I was like, I need some more information on this thing, one. But then also, yeah, the, the execution or nursing was very uncomfortable. Like I just, yeah, I was sitting there like, I, this is the only, like, dark-skinned black woman in this movie, and that's her position, and I just felt really uncomfortable by that. Yeah. Um, also, the black singer slash goblin slash, I don't know what the okay. fuck she was, um, in the speakeasy, um, like, while that I think that's accurate for the time, it was just strange given, um... There were no other black people around. Yeah. And then also, like, y'all are segregated even in the goblin community. Like, I don't, like, it was just, it was just weird because I think the problem, the reason that it was so strange to me, and not just that, but, like, the whole thing with race, and it's like, um, I said it, but I don't think I articulated it right, um, is that, like, the movie and, like, J.K. Rowling didn't seem to be able to make up her mind as to whether she wanted to be accurate towards like what was actually happening in the 1920s like in the muggle society and then like Mm -hmm. imposing that on the wizard society um or whether she wanted the wizard society to be like this colorblind uh, in quotes or like at least like this like racially diverse um community um and i think that there was like this warring and like i don't even know if it was warring but i think that like if she had done either of them if she had made a choice mm-hmm. and had done one of them I think that it I would have been fine with it because either way it would have been it would have made sense it would have been okay if it was a, if she committed to it but I think that her commit her commitment more to like colorblind casting didn't fit with either of those things um yeah. and she ended up ultimately they ended up casting hella white people majority white people anyway so that goes to show you what colorblind casting does but it was just like there was no commitment on either side, so then it just didn't make sense, and it didn't work. And then it felt think, like... like There's a history of colorblind casting in the theater, which works in the medium of the theater, but again, um, colorblind casting usually 
benefits one group of people, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Um, so all of you that come back with like, oh, well, Hamilton said that they didn't want any white people, shut up. <laughs> um, because colorblind casting doesn't mean that, um, and that's not what that is. But I think there's a history of that in the theater, and so like in that medium, you're willing, you're, you're able to like kind of forego that. But also there is, which we talked about during like the whole Magic in North America debacle too, is like you, yes, it's fantasy, but you have set your fantasy underneath a, the real world. And mm -hmm. so the idea that like real world history doesn't play a role, doesn't ring true. And so yes, if it was, like you said, like a very diverse wizarding world, again, we would still have, like I still think that there, there would have been an issue of, when Tina, for example, like runs into Jacob, like, no matter how sweet Jacob is or whatever, he's gonna comment on the fact that she's in a suit. Like, oh, so you're one of those like... Right, because he's a muggle. Yeah, like, oh, you're one of those um, radicals or whatever, you know what I mean? Because like, like, it's fine if she's in a suit, but don't pretend like in the 1920s, a woman wearing a suit was not a statement. It was, a, it was they didn't do it like, it wasn't, like, now where you can see a girl walking around in a suit and, like, that's just, like, a fashion choice. It wasn't just a fashion choice, right? Or Serafina, like, leading these people and, like, like at that point where she comes and walks out or whatever and there's all of these muggles looking at her, like, that is a thing. Mm -hmm. They would have reacted in a different way. And, like, it just... Yeah, and, and then, like you said, like, it, there, it wasn't enough of it. So it obviously was, like, pushback from people, from the fans being like, oh, look at all these announcements that you're making. Something's up here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, oh, well, we put her in a position of power. It's right. like, well, then grapple. But it's, not, it's, like, it feel, it's like tokenism. Like, okay, yeah. you're, she's, there's one of them, and they're in a position of power. Great. Like, it, yeah, it... I don't know. It was a little frustrating. It didn't take me out of the movie. It took me out of the movie. I I like, was more like I opening. I think I think for me it was like I was I was expecting that, um, and so I was clocking it. You know what I mean? Like every, like mm -hmm. it it was something that was going on in the back of my head, and so it was something I was constantly thinking about. But it wasn't something that took that pulled me out of the plot the way that something else did. Um, that we'll talk about. Um, yeah. I mean, so I was I, very, like, but I was very skeptical about it. I'm not going to say that it, I wasn't ready for it. Like, I, I think, like I said, we, in our pre-thing, you can go back and listen, I was like, either they'll, like, I don't have any expectations that they'll be able to do this well, and I actually, like, am expecting that they'll do it wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think what made me, it actually kind of shocked me about how emotional I got about it was there, there is this, like, Oh, look at Serafina Pickery's wand, and like, oh, yeah, look at all these. Are, she she decided that she was gonna. Why did Carmen Jogo say that she was left-handed? How does Carmen yeah, Jogo feel about playing Serafina? Yeah, it, to like do all that. You're right. Yeah, so it was like you, you made it seem like she was going to be an important part to this movie. And to be honest, I don't expect to see her in the next four movies. Neither do I. Like, and we were talking about like, oh, well, she's president until 1928. So what is it gonna be like? I think she's gone. Like, oh, we did it, whatever, mm -hmm. buy her wand because you want to, like, support, like, you know, like, you want to, you feel some sort of affinity to this black woman, buy, buy our merchandise, but we don't have to do anything else ever again, and it makes me mad. 
Like, don't use my identity as a marketing tool. Yeah. Don't do it. Leave us alone. Um, yeah, so I think beyond <laughs> that, um, do we want to just get to the big? Yeah, may as well, because um, it's going to take a while. Um, so I think, so you all know what the fuck this ending was. So we're just going to, I'm going to summarize it. Um, real quick. So we have at the end of, um, I think we actually got a like little like small little cameo at the beginning of the movie of Grindelwald, but it was like the back okay. of his head or whatever. Um, and then at the end, after Credence gets um, like killed by the, I was gonna say Ministry, my bad, by Macusa, um, Graves turns around and is like, "Y'all shouldn't have done that. Why did you do that?" And then he starts like cursing and like attacking For the these. Greater good. Yeah. Um, and then New catches him with this swooping evil, which, by the way, that creature was fucking lit. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, sure. It was like a yo-yo, kind of. It was awesome. Anyway, um, so yeah, catches him with the swooping evil, and then somehow thinks that it's not Graves. So before we actually get into, like, how he felt about Johnny Depp, I have a couple questions about this, like, moment in the scene, right? So that okay. he catches he catches Graves, and then he takes out his wand and does the, Re- the Revelio spell, and then all of a sudden Graves changes, and then he's Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, okay. and they do the whole, like, you really think you're gonna catch me? Yeah, we do, Grindelwald. Oh my god, they did a reveal! That was really corny. But my yeah. whole thing is, is, like, first of all, um, was he using Polyjuice Potion this entire time? I don't think Graves was a real person. Or he no, him because, and then, I don't so know. That's, that's my thing. So, right, so I'm like, these are my questions. So first is, were they <laughs> using Polyjuice Potion? Um, what made Newt, like, realize that that wasn't Graves in the first place? Where yeah. is the real Graves? Is there a real Graves? And if there is, did they not notice that they're like Graves wasn't being because Graves is like he comes from a long line of like R's, like one of his like his ancestor is like this, you know, was one of the, the main twelve R's was like in Pottermore or whatever. So did Grindelwald just create this character and just give him that last name and that's it? But then is there any other record of Graves? How long has Graves been here? If he's the head of the uh yeah, defense like, of the magical law enforcement? Like where the fuck is Graves? I think that Graves is a real person if he's, like, this high up in society or whatever. So then where the fuck is the real Graves? That makes me happy because my first initial reaction was like, oh, so y'all go fire Colin Farrell, who was amazing. He was amazing. That was the other thing. I also, he was real. Like, I would have been so, I would have been fine if if Colin Farrell was Grindelwald. If that was what it was, I would have been, like, cool. Like, yes. I mean, I'm still not totally on board with this whole Grindelwald-Dumbledore thing, but if Colin Farrell is Grindelwald, fine, because he did if an amazing job, and he was so convincing as Graves, and I was like, he's doing a really good job. If he, Even if he was just, like, Grindelwald's white right-hand man, because he was shady, I was like, I believe he could be evil. That's cool. He's great. Mm-hmm. But then, no, he's not. That wasn't even him the whole time. So his whole performance was for naught, because we wanted, and I quote from this EW article, where the Fantastic Beast team defends Johnny Depp, we wanted an iconic actor, and he's an icon. Um, and Colin Farrell. Fuck is not you, an Colin icon. Farrell did amazing, and is Colin like Farrell just as famous. What the heck? He's yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. He's I was so confused. He's famous for good roles and doing good work. Like, Yo, like I'm confused. 
Dude. And why did you need an iconic... You don't need an icon. You have an iconic franchise. You don't need an iconic You don't. Character. You literally don't. No, like, so, I was I was mad. Because, like... Espe- yeah, especially because so of the way that, like... Especially because of the way that Colin Farrell, like, performed. And, like, I really... You know, you don't like his character because he's the bad guy. But I thought that he was a good character. And so that, well, that was one of the other things where I was like, it felt like they kind of tacked on the ending. at the, You know what I mean? Where it was like, yeah, I, I could see Graves attacking after that, right? And being like, no, yeah. you fools. I don't think, like, why do you think we should be in hiding? I don't think that we should anymore. This is ridiculous. Or even just, I wanted to use the Obscurus for myself. Fine. You know what I mean? Um... And that's the end of of Fantastic Beasts 1 in the trilogy that has nothing to do and is not a prequel of Harry Potter. I think that that's like a totally valid kind of thing to kind of explore in this movie. Um, But then to add Grindelwald on it kind of makes it um, extra. And then can we talk about Johnny Depp's fuck ass makeup and how then all of a sudden it looks... This is my thing. It's going to make you happy. Okay. So... He was so pale, and then I was thinking about how pale Voldemort is, and I think it's called dark magic, because when you go evil, it sucks all the melanin out of you, so the magic is dark, (laughs) and then you're pale. (laughs) Because why was he so pale? (laughs) Why? He was unnaturally pale, like someone else we know, who became evil and then unnaturally pale. So dark magic is because melanin, your melanin is like, oh, shit's going wrong in here. I got to be out. So your melanin is like, ooh, we're crossing over into a territory I'm not comfortable with. Oh, my god. I got to go. And then oh, you become pale. And then goodness. your magic is dark because your skin is light. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. I mean, I'll allow it. That's, is that Wizard Team Cannon? That's Wizard Team Cannon. God. <laughs> Listen, even if you if you a black wizard and you want to go bad, you you're gonna, gonna end up ashy yourself. like Laurent in, in Twilight New Moon because <laughs> the melanin's back. I you remember in New Moon um, when Laurent came back in the movies? In the first one, he was just a regular dude, but then the next one, they were like, we have to make him look pale, so they just made him look ashy as fuck. <laughs> that's what I that's what you not. look like if you use dark magic as a black person. Yep, yep. you just get ashy. Um, Oh my gosh. It was actually, Akira was laughing at, or mad at me, because I was like, I've never seen those movies. And she was like, what? I was like, I saw Twilight. She was like, you didn't watch the rest of them? And I was like, I saw Twilight. Why would I do that? You know, you're the reason that, I mean, not only are you the reason that I read those books and saw those movies, but you're the reason she did too. So I I think that's probably why she's mad. I know. I said I read all those books. I think it's valid. It's valid I read those books, I saw that first movie, and I was like, mm-hmm. Let me yeah, go back you, over here to my happy place of Harry Potter. After which you now, ruined mm. our lives. Um, <laughs> did not ruin your lives. I know you didn't. Um, you ruined, you ruined, we, we already established you ruined alternate yeah. me. Um, I ruined alternate dark, dark timeline Bayana. Mm-hmm. But um, y'all go back and watch those movies on your own doing. Because it's so. hilarious. It's super funny. I'm sure. It's very entertaining because it's not <laughs> yeah, good. So, um, anyway, anyway back, to, back to, back to, back to, Wizard team. Um, but yeah, so I just, um, I very much appreciate that, that headcanon and I'm definitely going to keep that and make myself feel happy the next time I see Johnny Depp in these goddamn movies. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just like the ending that was like, 
I think that was the first thing I texted you when I got out of the movie was like, what the fuck was the ending and why was it there? Because I was enjoying it all the way up until the reveal, like literally all the way. I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is lit. Like I get it. And then it's like, no, it's me with a white face and white hair. And I look like some other Johnny Depp character. It looked like, it didn't even look like Grindelwald. Like, you know, and this is, we don't know anything about how Grindelwald would look, but it looked like Johnny Depp playing Johnny Depp as a yeah. weird person. Like it didn't, and even like the way that the camera moved to reveal it, um, felt really like, like it was all of a sudden it was a Johnny Depp movie. You know what I mean? Like it okay. just, it felt kind of out of place the way that they like moved around Graves or whatever. Um, I'm still like, I don't understand how he went around looking like Graves for this whole, like they didn't say Polyjuice Potion. Again, like why did Newt immediately think, oh, this can't be Graves. Like why couldn't it be Graves? Um, it was just like certain things that didn't really yeah. mesh in that in this scene and it happened so quickly and felt really rushed. Um and then yeah, and then it also like the question of like why was Grindelwald there in the first place? Was it because he wanted to like gain control of this obscurus or was it because he wanted to like violate the statute of secrecy and like reveal America. all of Amer- American wizardry, but then like why was he just in America in the first place? Like, why did he care? His his main thing was in Europe. So, like, why did he come all the way out yeah, to so America to do all that? Like, did he, was he going there to either, like, continue to um, recruit and get America? Like, since he had, like, a, a decent hold on Europe at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, was he in hiding and decided to hide in America because he was, like, growing? But he, was, he had followers and stuff in Europe. Um, one thing that was really funny was we were, I was talking to Amani and we were talking about the dueling and I was Can like, we talk about that priority and Cantatum thing that so, I called. So this is, and I was like, and I said, um, when Tina and Graves slash Grindelwald were dueling, was that priority and Cantatum? And if so, that's not how that worked. No. And he was like, I don't think so because, um, it was supposed to be just dueling spells, but it looked weird because they were both white for some reason. And he's like, I think all the spells were white in this now. And I was like, there were a few blue ones, but overwhelmingly white. And then I added, just like the cast. <laughs> but, um, and then I said, I'm writing that down. And if you hear it on the podcast, act like it's spontaneous. I well, I mean, you ruined it yourself. So yeah. congratulations. Good job. But yeah, so like, I don't, I don't know if like those were just two dueling spells, like coming up that against clash. each other. Because like, it wasn't priori incantatum because it, like the red and the green right or yeah mm, but i think the red and the green were specifically the spells that were used like green is avada kedavra red is expelliarmus so that wasn't yeah. yeah so i don't think it could have been any spell and it probably would have been a different color except different for in color. the harry potter movies where they don't know that so they just clash blue and green together whenever they feel like it yeah okay but yeah so was that that and then like how does that i feel like so they um they talked about, like, how they had, like, a wand choreographer when we went to Leeds Den, right? And they were talking mm-hmm. about, like, the wand work. And um, when I saw um, Eddie Redmayne and then the actress that plays Tina, they were talking about the wand work as well when they were filming and stuff. And um, they had talked to Ray Fiennes, who plays Voldemort, and he was telling them about wand work and, like, the wrist movements and things. And... I know that when you um, talk to people, I'm um, thinking of magicians show, they use like finger work for spells, and, like 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, also, like, Doctor Who, the thing that I know the most, is, like, when they're using the TARDIS and it may look like they're pressing buttons, like, they actually know, like, what those are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is there... So I'm wondering if, like, in the production, there is not a, like, Bible of spells. And it's just, like, flip your, like, do your wish this way. This and it's going to explode. Right, because I think that that, and I think that that's a similar thing to, um, like, in the Harry Potter movies, like I was talking about, um, starting with, I want to say Order of the Phoenix. Might be Goblet of Fire, I just can't remember. Um, But it ends up just being a lot of bangs and crashes and bursts of of light. And, like, that versus, like, when you read Order of the Phoenix um, in the Department of Mysteries, that duel. or I mean, or just that whole, like, that whole those whole chapters like the fight scenes where it's like one of the death eaters like i mentioned it in the last episode like shouts out to rentalegra and neville just like his legs start moving wildly everywhere and he can't control it um or like the there's another spell that someone shot that i think dullahove shot at um hermione and it was like this purple light and all of a sudden she couldn't she like fell unconscious and it would have killed her if he had been able to say it out loud um but there's like these spells there's like different things that you can that you can do with them and they all do different things and can be like Allegra is probably not supposed to be a spell that you use in a duel but like it can help yeah um and so like being able to just kind of pull from your arsenal of whatever you want and like be intuitive and kind of like just go with what you can you know go with the mm-hmm. flow versus in the movies where it's just like oh we're pointing our wands and it's just it's all bangs and there's and nothing there's so like many, unique like, about each so spell and there, a lot of them are non-verbal exactly it's super difficult and it and but i think that it also for the movie's sake it makes it easier for them to not have to think about what spells they're going to use they yeah. can just point um yeah. and they and there's no like extra thing to it um, which I always felt like, you know, and we we have a whole thing about how amazing the um, studio tour is and like all the things that they did to make the movies feel really real. I think one of the things they dropped the ball on were the spells and yeah. like how they could really incorporate it. I don't think they did that um, as well as they could have. It, both in like Fantastic Beasts, but then in the Harry Potter movies. Um, it's just like a Wizarding World kind of... It's a theme that kind of crosses over all of them. And this actually brings me to another theory that I had that came into my head during my conversation with Imani, which is, are we sure that Jake, that Joe Rowling is a fantasy writer? Because when you read her, like, when you, like, the, the best stuff in, like, the series and stuff, and, like, when you read, like, her Corman Strike books and things, I feel like she might be just like a, a very good mystery writer. And she had this great, this one great fantasy story that she wanted to mm-hmm. tell, but that's not her core kind of style. Um, I'm not saying that she's not a great writer. I'm saying like in terms of like the fantasy and the stuff like that, like in this movie, like I said, my favorite parts were this kind of like, were the, he's got three beasts loose, where are they? Like mystery figuring something mm-hmm. out, like solving this puzzle. And then all of the things that kind of fell apart were more when she starts to veer into like high fantasy um, and like this weird political world building, right? I think that that mm-hmm. part, like I think she's very great at world building. I'm not by any means like going to say that, but I'm saying the parts where it's like, what was Grindelwald doing? How did you, how did, um, Newt figure out that Graves was Grindelwald or that he was 
in a revealing turn. I didn't see anything that like gave us a hint that that was something that was going to happen. Was, yeah, um, and I feel like you know like, they spent me, all like, this okay, time this... making this mystery around Credence that they didn't really focus on. Like they focused on Graves, but it was so much so that you were just like, yeah, he's a bad dude, yeah, and that's fine. But nothing like, like oh, there didn't need to be a twist there. Yeah, it was like he's spouting out this, these Grindelwald talking points, which means he even had a probably, Deathly Hollows necklace. But it's like he probably yeah, just follows like the tenants. Exactly, he's following in that in that teaching and those, that thought process. I I never jumped to, oh, he is Grindelwald, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet there were like some parts where I guess Newt and Tina would like look at each other. But to me, it was like they were realizing too that he's not who he says he is, or he's not actually like he wants. He's a bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. Not that he's Grindelwald. Like, that never came. And so that felt like a big hole to me. Um, right, because the other thing is, like, there were moments, like, if, I think the the thing is that they could have done is that Tina and, Gra- and Graves obviously, like, knew each other. There was, like, a moment in the beginning where she was telling him about Newt and then they had the wrong case or whatever. And he was like, Tina. And he just, like, left. Which okay. that part was weird because I was like, if this is Grindelwald, yeah. then I don't get it. Or, like, maybe. Like, did Graves get taken in the middle of a movie and we just didn't notice? Like, I just don't understand that particular... It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and... But, like, it could have made sense if she was like, this isn't like him, right? Yes. Versus Newt. Like, why would Newt know? This is, this is the first time he's been in this country. He's been here two days. He don't know Graves. Right. Like, so it's just twice. like... Yeah. So why would he know? Or why would he have a feeling? Um, because, like... Just all of his actions made sense for his character if he was just Graves. Yeah. And, like, sure, it's fine if he's Grindelwald as well. It doesn't, like, pull it apart. It just, like, the way the reveal happened, it didn't... They were just holding the places where they could have sown the seeds for that earlier, where they didn't do that. And that's kind of what made me feel like they added Grindelwald, like, posthumously. Like, they... Once they figured out that's the direction they wanted to go, then they tacked it on into the script where it needed to be. Yeah, which um, is, versus in one just... hand makes me feel a little bit better. Like, okay, they didn't lie to us. They did actually start this thing thinking that it would be a completely separate story, but then... Because that's what the movie they, feels like. They don't... They just fundamentally don't know how to get out of Harry Potter. And goes back to, like, my argument that they don't understand the fandom and what about the story is important. You know, mm-hmm. like, Dumbledore, his story isn't important in the terms of, like, oh, we need to know every... Like, yeah, we, we love that stuff, and we do like to know every detail, but, like, the Dumbledore versus Grindelwald part isn't the part that, like, makes us love the movie. It's, like, the overall themes. And so then how do you take that piece and explore that in a different world. Like, you don't need to go back to the mm-hmm. characters. And that's what kind of Cursed Child did, Keep the Secrets. Like, it kept, like, doing these kind of highlights of characters. And it's like, that's not... It, really I, what we were looking for. Um, and, I, and I think that, like, the, I, the, I said that's not really what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think also the irony, kind of, of this movie is that the parts that... Like, the parts that directly connected to Harry Potter didn't have the themes in it that we were looking for and the parts that made us love Harry Potter but the parts that didn't directly connect to Harry Potter had all the themes and the things that we were looking for so that's why the parts where Newt is like going after these Fantastic Beasts and he's leading Jacob all through the town and like 
Tina's looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you just doing magic in the middle of the street like a plum fool? Um, all those things are like adding, and even like Makusa and the way that they react, like all those and things are like adding the to the story and adding that. the themes yeah. um, and adding to the themes versus the stuff where they're trying to directly connect it to Harry Potter. Um, those things don't really, they just feel like, oh, we're just trying to connect it to Harry Potter and not actually like really taking the time to add those themes. Yeah. Um, and it also goes back to like what we were talking about in the last bonus episode about action movies um, and about how it feels like, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff, like we were saying, like all the stuff in the middle felt like action and it was enjoyable and it was like interesting to watch and it was awesome. Um, but then it felt like, and even the battle at the end was cool, but then it feels like what they're building up to is more like, cause they think that that's what we want to see yeah. and it's not, um, at least in the way that it's been shown so far, it's not, maybe they'll change our minds. Um, yeah, but it, it did, but just, yeah. they keep getting the wrong lessons. I think it is, they keep taking the wrong lessons from like this, the things that are uh, from why something is successful or not, you know? Um, mm -hmm. it's this whole, like, and that's a Hollywood thing in general, right? That whole Hollywood, like, for however long, like, uh, or I, I guess entertainment in general, right? Like, young boys won't buy a fantasy story written by a woman, so change your name to J.K. Rowling so it's a little bit, like, you know, so they don't know that you're a, a girl. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you, that's a thing because you made that a thing, right? Like, people of color can't carry a movie, so you have to add someone. Or, like, women don't go see action movies. Or women-led movies aren't successful. Like, those are only facts because you have made movies that uphold those as facts. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're not even facts because every time this shit comes out, people go see it. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, why was this a no-no? And it's like, it's not. It's just you make no. a good product and people will support you. Like, period. Like, Tell the story you want to tell, um, and tell us an and tell us a new story, and don't tell us what you think we want to see. Like, tell us a story that you want to tell, not the one that you think we want to see, and the one that you think will sell. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I think the the final thing is I have um, from that. Like I said, like I think I would have, I would have, I would love a series of. Newt Scamander as Wizarding Jane Goodall going like place to place and finding his beast and doing all of those things. But I, at the end of that movie, I one, I seriously doubt that we'll ever see Seraphina Pickery again. I don't think that she'll play a role in the next ones. And if they, if she does, it'll be like a cameo thing. Cause I don't think that she played mm -hmm. a big role in this. I don't know how I'm interested, but I don't know how they're going to have Newt like span these books like this thing yeah. i don't see what his role is going to be because you know what i was thinking is like they're gonna have him be the bilbo of this story like it just clicked in my head mm -hmm. he's writing you know at the end they're like he's like telling tina like yeah i'm writing this book um and she says yeah. fantastic beasts and where to find them or whatever um and so he's probably just gonna be going around doing his own thing and dumbledore's gonna come and be like I need a burglar. <laughs> and, and dude is going to be like, nah, fam. <laughs> no, I'm going to chill yeah. in my suitcase with my creatures. And then 13 dwarves are going to show up on his doorstep. Um, that's kind of how it And then he's going to write the book in, like, as it goes. And the book is going to, like, end at, you know, yeah. it's going to, like, be published at the end of the series. Um, 
And so, yeah, Which I don't know. I don't because if, the book is literally it doesn't, an encyclopedia. So yeah, and I mean, like maybe he's gonna because we know that Lita Lestrange is gonna be in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they'll be like he. I just it seems more like he's just gonna be in the right place at the right, the right time, time. Um, yeah. versus actually being a main part of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's just gonna be like the outsider who keeps showing up and then all of a sudden Grindelwald's gonna be like what the fuck is up with this newt dot guy he gotta die um yeah. and then he'll be fully pulled in but um yeah I don't know that's just kind of my thought of what might happen yeah and it, and it, and then the other things that I'm thinking of it's been and I'm kind of, again like I said in the pre it didn't seem very American I stand by that after watching it too. yeah there was a couple of like New York, they're like a speakeasy. Um, I thought it was interesting too that the house elves were like, like he goes to drink, like, or he's the bartender and he's like, you've never seen a house elf before. Yeah, um, that was weird. But yeah, not in like was, a bad way. I just was interested in how house elves live in the, in America. In America, yeah. And then like, but, is, is he tied to the bar or whatever? Um, right. And then considering how like Americans treated or treat people of color. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how old are they out of work or something? Or yeah, ugh, that just makes me. I don't feel like thinking about that right now. Yeah, and no. then you know we're um, gonna get to the '30s. Like, how does the depression play into that? Does it affect mm-hmm. the Wizarding World? Because you know we have we know they have a different currency and all that stuff. But they are no matter you can't get away from it. Their economy is tied to the Muggle economy because there's just not enough magical people to like have an economy last on its own. Um, function on its own um and then I guess yeah just how does this this movie I could I still like could possibly see it being a trilogy and we go to we're going to go to another country or will we be back in America or whatever um but how does this movie isn't the next one in Paris I want to say Okay, see, I don't know because I stopped. I just, I might have, stuff. I might have made that up. Don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, how does this? What from here? From the end of this movie, I get like, okay, Grindelwald obviously has to escape, um, and he'll be on the loose again. Um, Amani brought up like the Elder Wand is is Newt now the owner of the Elder Wand? I don't think maybe Grindelwald. No, I think have the Elder Wand. I think Grindelwald has it right, huh? or maybe he doesn't. Does Grindelwald have it? See, but Newt like. I guess said Expelliarmus or something. I don't know. Yeah, he did when they when he did Revillo. But Tina. did but did Graves have the Elder Wand though? Exactly. At that like, point? I don't. I don't think he did because if they did, there would have been a close up. Yeah. There would have been but, a. Ooh. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't. I don't know if he has it yet. Yeah. Um, we don't know where or when Grindelwald gets the Elder Wand in the timeline. Um, right, and maybe that's a part of what's going to happen in, like, two and three or whatever. Yeah, so um, there are, like, how, do, how does this movie then go into the next movie? And we would have had these questions either way, but now that we know it's going to be five movies culminating in the Grindelwald-Dumbledore um, duel, mm-hmm. it has a little bit more, like, okay, how are you going to make this work? You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit more weight to it. Yeah. What about you? You have questions about how this is gonna... Yeah, I mean, I also, I, like, it's kind of the same questions. I'm curious how, like, the beasts will actually, like, come into it, you know what I mean? Ones, yeah. Um, Are we gonna keep I'm also, <laughs> Right, and I'm also interested in how, um, like, the, you know, they're about to put out the Fantastic Beasts textbook again and, like, kind of 
do a forward by Newt and like add more to his bio. Um, I'm curious if like it's gonna reflect his help in the second or the first Wizarding War. Um, because right now Dumbledore is credited with defeating Grindelwald, but Newt is nowhere in there. So is he gonna be just somebody in the background? Is he actually gonna come like help Dumbledore? Like what is mm-hmm. what is Newt's like point role part that. of that role I, in that? Um, did, and then also sorry, I just want to like put this out in the world. Connie, I think, uh, was texting or tweeting about a book that she got from her because you know she has a super cool job. Um, mm. And I don't know if that was the book or no, if it was like it was. This, if it's just, that like, was something, something else. else. Okay. That was, like, yeah, that was something else. Um, okay. Yeah, so I don't know. And then also just, like, are these creatures going to still be, especially the ones that we've, like, met in this one? So, like, the Niffler, the Bowtruckle. The um, Who was adorable. So, like, are they going to, and even, like, the Demi guys was lit. Um, and what was the other one that I just, I just can't think of the name. The blue one who, like, expands to take up space and then shrinks to, uh, like, yeah. fill up available space. Give um, me a teapot and an insect. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cute. Um, anyway, like, are those gonna show up? Are they gonna be like bigger parts? Or are there? Are we just gonna get new creatures? Um, oh, that and... was something. Um, the I forget the name of that creature too, but at the end, the bird that like did the oblivion rain. Oblivion. Oh, rain. Thunderbird. Huh? Thunderbird. What was it called? Thunderbird. Thunderbird. That was a Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, how did that work? Like. What he gave it? him, he gave her, he or he gave the Thunderbird a vial. No, I get that, but, like, oh, how nice. much was obliviated? Like, there were some people, um, like, the senator and stuff, and they just saw the Obscurus destru- destroying New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are people like Jacob, who had been in this for, like, three days. And then it was, like, people in their house, so they weren't touched by the rain. Um, we saw the one guy in the shower, which I was like, okay, maybe, like, rain and then the shower I don't know but like there are people just like sitting there watching tv and they were obliviated like yeah that part I didn't get how did we make sure it got everybody like how did that Mm -hmm. work it was just a lot of logistics there that I was confused about um which I guess is like thunderbird magic and well thunderbird that was more just like they created the storm yeah and then dropped the vial into the clouds or whatever, and then that's how the rain did it. So it was more like, because that was the whole point, is that the Thunderbird was supposed to be going to Arizona, yeah. and that's why Newt was there, and then that didn't happen. But that's what happened with the... Yeah. That part made sense in terms of logistics and how everyone got, like like you said, like the ones who were inside, that was, that's a, yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I think lots of questions yeah. <laughs> for the next movies. My question is, like, when are y'all bringing Colin Farrell back, and can he be Grindelwald? Thank you. That's my question. That was, like, actually the thing that made me the most upset um, about, not just, I mean, not the most upset, obviously, like, Johnny Depp (laughs) being cast, but, like, so you go fire Colin Farrell for Johnny Depp. So we're losing Colin Farrell and gaining Johnny Depp? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I feel like I got stiff somewhere. I feel like the exchange rate is off. I just feel like, (laughs) are we going to get someone else to like take over that massive loss that we just had? Like, I don't get it. I don't get who was like, oh, you know, it'd be awesome. Colin Farrell, you could do this one movie and that's cute or whatever. You could act your ass off and play a very interesting character. 
but then we're going to replace you with Johnny Depp. Yep. And Ezra Miller, like, I really liked him. And I was ex- and he is a very interesting actor, and I thought Credence was a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. And that's gone. So, I don't know. Yeah. Really sucks. Yeah. Okay, so we're ready for MVPs and bench? Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, my MVP is the Niffler. I don't know what his uh, name... I forgot his name. There were a lot of names. I forgot. Yeah. But um, the Niffler was great. And it was adorable. adorable. And I love how he, like, tucked everything into his little pouch. And then he just kept, like... Yeah, he was was cute. I liked him. That part where he he was shaking him and just more stuff coming out. And it just keeps dropping out. And you're like, dude, you really gotta... Yeah. This Niffler got a problem. But his, you know, Uh 401k is lit. Right. That Niffler got a re- like a retirement plan like nobody else. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting, sitting in his gold. It was adorable. <laughs> it was very cute. Um, um. So my MVPs, I had two. It's Queenie and Jacob. I think that like besides like Queenie's legitimate or whatever, but I really liked that relationship and how they like kind of set it up. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that Jacob was so. I mean, as a, as like the one muggle, he was kind of the stand-in, but he was so game and gung-ho like once he was like all right this is weird but let's go for it you know type of thing mm-hmm. um and I and I like the idea that Queenie has these ideas of I mean they're so shut in right so that the first muggle that she sees even though she can read his mind and stuff she's like very intrigued by him and by how nice he is and um has this, like, idea of, like, I want to, like, get to know him more, and, like, um, I just really liked the way that they did that relationship, and I liked Queenie separately, like, I liked how she went in, um, her and Jacob went to save them, even though they didn't really, you know, like, I just liked, Mm -hmm. I liked their dynamic a lot, and I hope to see more of them, um, benched. Um, I benched Johnny Depp because why the fuck was he there? And why? his his movie his his scene he was only in there for like two seconds and he he ruined it like actually like my whole mood as soon as I saw him I was just like are you kidding me? Even though I knew he was gonna show and I knew I had a feeling he was gonna show up I honestly thought the beginning was his cameo and I was like cool we got that out of the way let's get into this <laughs> let's get into this movie let's do it um, and then he showed up again and was super like dumb and his acting was super like Johnny Depp in all the movies that he's ever been in and like for no reason and I'm like it just doesn't fit the tone of the stories at all and it's like not it just doesn't fit and it was I didn't like it and it made me mad yeah we were leaving so my friend um her boyfriend was coming to pick her up and she's like oh you don't have to leave if you want to stay if there's like the post-credit scenes or whatever and I was like honestly they don't really do that for Harry Potter do they be like a post-credit scene I was like after that, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. just ready to go. <laughs> like, I, was, I don't even think that they did. People were sitting around waiting for post credit scenes, and I was like, isn't that only a Marvel thing? I mean, other people do it. Um, I mean, other people do it, but I mean, like... But, but I never thought of that's not a Harry Potter thing. No, usually. but... I don't know. I didn't care. I was like, if it is, I'll see it on YouTube later. Exactly. <laughs> I like, that, nah, that's what I told her. She was like, oh, you don't you want to wait and see if there are? And I was like, no, I really want to get out of here. Like, I just want that. I want to think about all the cute stuff I saw before that scene. 
and mm-hmm. I want to get out of here. Um, so I benched Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling um, because they not only cast Johnny Depp, but then defended it like they needed an iconic actor. You don't get to know your audience, know what you're doing. Um, I think that, again, um, in that, when we'll, I guess we can uh, tweet out these links with when we put up post the episode, but mm-hmm. um, in one of the variety ep- variety um, articles when they originally announced it, like Warner Brothers went to J.K. Rowling and was like, "Let's make this franchise," and then you know, after they were talking about it, like, kind of really sold her on it. And she, I think, like you were saying, it felt like she did have this. It's going to be completely separate. It's a whole new story. And then I feel like Warner Brothers, again, was like, well, let's tie in some of that stuff that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like, some of that Harry Potter magic. And because they don't understand it, that's how we got where we are. Um, Because they want our money, and they don't want our they don't care about us all i'm gonna say say is that they don't really care about us we don't don't worry people say we know the truth um (laughs) so yeah i i i feel like with all of these bonus episodes at this point i'm gonna be benching warner brothers and jk rowling I mean, you know, we don't, we're not going to get another Fantastic Beast movie for like two years. I was actually doing them, like checking the calendar mm-hmm. um, because I like to keep track of like, I ch- like remind myself when we're done with these books. Um, and so like, it'll, we'll be like kind of somewhere in the middle of like, or at the end of Half-Blood Prince, I think, or like beginning of Deathly Hollows. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks because then the ones after that, we won't like be, I mean, who knows what we'll be doing with Wizard Team after like we finish Deathly Hollows, but I was yeah. like, oh, we, it won't totally like couch in there, but we'll definitely get that one. Um, yeah, and I think, and that, probably more Pottermore stuff. So oh, God, I'm still no. holding on I, to Pottermore edition. The streets, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it will happen because we'll get another really sh- crappy content. Lots looking. of information on Paris. Yeah. And Bobans. And yeah, and I think that um, again, it goes to like. We we didn't need all of that extra content. I think it ended up hurting them a lot more than it helped them. Yeah. Um, hopefully they might, like, learn from that. I don't know if they will, but, like... The Mina Lima stuff at the beginning, like, did literally everything that we needed for the movies. We didn't need anything else, like, yeah. more than that. Um so, yeah, so I'm curious to see how their, like, marketing will or won't change um, after this movie. Like, I was, in my movie, there were a lot of people, um, and granted, this is the first movie I've seen in the theaters since I saw Captain America Civil War, um, but I remember when I went to see Civil War the first time, and it was, like, the, you know, the opening weekend. It might have been the day it opened. I can't remember totally, but it was packed, and I was, I was one person, and it was difficult for me to find a seat. Um, and I know they're two different franchises and like Marvel right now is like kind of killing the game. Um, but I definitely went into Fantastic Beasts expecting it to be hella people. Um, and it ended up filling up, but there were empty seats and I don't know, it could just because the theater that I'm in had it playing like a billion times in a billion different ways. Um, but I'm also curious about that and like whether they hit what their expectations were, even though they've done well in the box office, like 
like what were their expectations well, the thing and why I they think didn't too ha- about like that those. extra stuff though is like though that content is never going to touch those people who are like oh there's a new harry potter movie thing mm-hmm. let's just go see it like that content was for us yeah and like I think I told you, like, I was like, oh, blah, 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 and Pottermore, and someone was like, what's Pottermore? You know, and she'd seen all the movies, because we were talking about mm-hmm. Harry Potter, and we were talking about, like, the, you know, going to Leaky Con and speaking and stuff like that, and, like, because she came up to me and was like, oh, I really, yeah, I like Harry Potter, I didn't read the books, but I watched all the movies, and I own the movies, and then she was like, well, what's Pottermore? You know, so, like, that stuff... Like, yeah, it gets traction, and, like, you know, she posts something on Pottermore, and then, like, EW picks it up, and Variety, mm-hmm. they talk about it, and it gets a lot of, like, traction, but, like, the actual content, like, the main, the majority of people going to see the movies aren't delving that deep into it. They're just like, oh, okay, it's, like, a new Harry Potter movie, mm-hmm. you know, Wizarding World movie. Um, so it still seems, like, unnecessary to do. I think that in terms of, like, how the box office does. I don't know. I feel like it will be a success um, regardless. I think they were already talking about, like, the Thursday numbers were really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was, like, Marvel impressive or, you know, but, like, also in a way, like, Marvel, like you said, like, they're, they've hit their stride. Like, they really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't And they're, do like, a, 14 movies in, and they're, like... Yeah, but they yeah. don't do a lot of... You know, they do a lot of, like, commercials or, like, partnerships with the NFL or whatever, but mm-hmm. they don't do a lot but of, But it's like, different, because they're comic books, and so yeah. they're releasing content all the time anyway. But the comics are so different, and they don't do a yeah, lot and of... Yeah, separate. Yeah, and, they, and I think that they do, a, they do a very good job of being, like, separating the two, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, this comic was our inspiration for, but, like, don't go in it's there It's two separate universes, yeah. Yeah, thinking it's an adaptation. It's not, it's a, it's a takeoff of something. So I think maybe instead of following the Harry Potter model of, like, books and mo- to the movies, that they should maybe think about that more Marvel MCU type of thing with the next four movies. Because I don't... I never feel like there's sometimes when, like, a Marvel thing is coming out and I feel kind of, like, ugh, about the marketing. Like, okay, I'm ready for it to come out now. But I felt... Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, like, um, Magic in North America came out in, like, February and then the mm-hmm. movie just came out now. Like, that's a long time to be, like, angry. <laughs> Right. I mean, even to be angry, but even to, like, be ready for a movie to come out. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. That's a long time to start, like, marketing. Like, you know, you get, you get like, casting announcements. Like, we've gotten casting announcements for mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther, for example, and we, like, no. Okay, no, that's too far out. For Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> and, like, yeah. you know, we got the casting news. We know when it's dropping that he's he was in Civil War. That's about it. We haven't seen anything else. Um like, there's been no, like, here's Peter Parker at school, or, like, here's that, you know what I mean? There's no, like, other stuff. And granted, again, it's different. It's a different universe. We don't need those things for Spider-Man because we know Spider-Man's story. Um, or at least, like, <laughs> for Harry Potter either. Exactly. So that's the other thing. Or, like, for the Wizarding World either. Or really for most movies. Like, you can really connect it to any movie that is, like, now a franchise. Like, yeah. you don't really need those extra things. Um, just put the movie out. Tell us who's going to be in it. Give us a bomb-ass trailer. Um, 
And that's really all you need, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if you want to give us little spots, some movies do that. I'm sure when we get closer up to um, Spider-Man, they'll do those. But, like, it's not necessary to then have so much information beforehand, especially when it's not totally necessary. Um, we didn't get that much information about Harry Potter. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of Harry Potter stuff, too, but we didn't go all the way back to... I don't know. There's just not the same kind of like history of Britain the way that there is in America. And um, yeah, and I think too, a lot of the stuff we got about, I think that is also the difference is a lot of the stuff that we got about Harry was very interpersonal. Like here is Snape's backstory. Here is McGonagall's backstory. Like, and even the, the stuff that he found out of, about like the wizarding world, he finds out granted part of it is because he's in school, but then he's also like around the wizarding world and you find this out. So that, that's the thing about the movie is that he knew is there. And then he starts to find out what's going on. Like what is different about the wizarding like community in North America versus the one in Britain. And you don't need all that backstory that sub that then goes ahead and like offends and alienates all these people yeah. um, to do that. Yeah, I think it would have been like much more interesting to have character studies than give us this entire history of and then like have all of this time to like you said offend and alienate people. I I I want to end here with just saying I hope that even though it seems like they're not listening to us, that they are, and that some of these things will be fixed. In the I mean, they have four more. We have four more movies to go mm-hmm. through, so like. I don't know, like, I don't want to see anything about gypsies or travelers that's going to, like, be, you know what I mean? Because it just, like, reaffirms that they are not hearing us. Mm -hmm. And, like, we've had enough of, like, being ignored and not being heard so far. So I'm just hoping that, like, I mean, maybe with the first movie, the train was rolling and it was going too fast for them to, like, pull back or, like, change directions or whatever. But now that they have, like, some time, they'll they'll pull back and they'll they'll think more deeply about like the big scope of what they're doing and and who who these movies are for and what they're for um, mm-hmm. you're going to make money regardless so don't be so don't be so gross about it you know yep all right so um, thank I'll, you for listening <laughs> Um, on Wednesday, we will resume our regular schedule and we'll be discussing Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Um, make sure to read and follow along and you can join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Team.